Welcome to the Men's Divorce Podcast, presented by the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell, a partner men can count on. Now, here's your host, managing partner and CEO of Cordell & Cordell, Scott Trout. Well, we're joined today, again, uh, with the litigation partner here at Cordell and Cordell, Kristen Zurich. And we want to talk about dads. We want to talk about how to be the best dad you can be after divorce. So welcome, Kristen. Thanks for having me, Scott. So, you know, from the get-go, and I think we were just talking a minute ago uh, before we started, about kids don't want this, and they never understand it, or most of the time they don't get it. And so really what we want to talk about today is how dads can help, how, help in the transition, and how can they be um, a great dad. I mean, and that sounds, I don't know if the word amorphous and general and emotional, but let's talk about it. I guess it's easier from a lawyer's perspective. And so what I thought I would do is we can talk a little bit about just topics and uh, things that, that I've seen and that you've seen, your experience uh, whether, you know, personally in practice sure. or in life. And so I'll just throw some things out to you. Let's see where we go with it and see, uh, what could, good advice we can give to our clients. So, Sounds good. so, you know, I always talk about, um, even in the middle of the divorce and after I tell my clients often, um, fight as hard as you can to get more time than what's written on the paper, you know, and be accessible, available, uh, you know, I'll break it down as far as saying, be the babysitter. You know, you know, you want to not be the babysitter, but you want to be available so that mom can go be who she wants to be. And that's part of being a great dad is you're getting more time. Right. And Agreed. so talk about that. I mean, in your experience. So what you end up having is you're fighting for every last second that you have with your kid. One of the hardest parts about going through a divorce is you don't see your kids every day. And so how can you work your schedule so you can be available and be there for your children when you need to see them and when you want to see them? I mean, it's really easy for kids, you know, in kindergarten on up because everybody's in activity. So if you can structure your days in such a way, your kids could be at practice on Tuesdays while they have with mom. Go to practice. If there's a school night with the teachers, go to school night with the teachers, even if it's on mom's time. It, you you need to be there and be available for your kids. If mom has to work late at work because now she's back in the workforce, cool, take them. Smile. Take the extra mm -hmm. time with your kids. If you're smart in doing this, you can minimally disrupt your kids' lives by being able to be there for them as consistently and as oftenly as possible. You know, I've always said, uh, you know, encourage her. Hey, you know, and after your divorce, why don't you go out? You need a break. And, you know, it's there's, it's a self-centered encouragement. Uh, you know, deep down, you probably hate her for going out and partying and meeting other people. But the point being is, look, the marriage is over. You're divorced. Now it's a self-interested uh, statement because you want to be available. Right. Uh, oftentimes, uh, we'll negotiate what I call the right of first refusal in a, in a parenting plan, which means that if mom's going to be gone for a certain period of time, she has to consult with dad first. And you want that. I think this is part of being a great dad is because the more time you get, uh, the better the relationship will be, the better it'll develop. But, you know, you're building a case perhaps for the future, the future modifications, which Correct. leads into the next point really uh, is keeping a calendar, keeping um, a schedule, a detailed schedule written down of the time you spend with your child. Because that's part of, one, you want to fill it because Correct. you want to be a dad. Right. And you but then on the other hand, you also want to be able to prove to the court later on, if necessary, how much time you spent with them. So 
you know, I, talk about the encouragement of spending more time with your kids. I do. That's a piece of advice I give to every one of my clients. I say start start a Google Calendar, even stick an old school calendar on the side of the fridge mm-hmm. and mark down the extra days that you have them. So that way it's it's literally a visual record you can bring to your attorney six months, a year, two years down the line to say, hey, I had 50-50 custody when I left. But all of a sudden, mm-hmm. when you look at my calendar, she's been traveling. She's been going to the bar on Friday night. And all of a sudden, I have 70% of the time. Why am I still paying child support? Yeah. So that, that piece is actually really, really helpful. Um, in, in terms of making sure that, let me talk about that right of first refusal piece for a second. Mm-hmm. Clients tend to get really confused about what that is and how long it should be. Um, most judges, at least that I've seen, don't really support one for anywhere lower than about four hours. Right. I mean, I had a client that was pretty adamant about wanting two hours. Mm-hmm. Well, heck, mom could run to the grocery store and Target and be gone for two hours. That's a little bit too much uh, together time in terms of trying to organize, picking up the kids and then dropping them back off. Anything more than four hours or naturally if mom travels for work or has to start traveling for work, the kids should be with you rather than a third-party provider. I've never met a judge that hasn't said, let's put the kids with the other parent first. So, you know, that's something that you need to take on and you need to build on that if mom wants to go out and have a good time, like Scott said, cool, go right ahead. But Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that I'm there for my kids. You know, a lot of what we're telling and the advice that we give, it is from the legal perspective. You know, we could talk about being a great dad from an emotional perspective and a a counseling perspective, but, you know, we're going to wear two hats in this podcast today. and, and, And we talk about being involved. And so... When we talk about keeping a calendar on the same, you know, sense I say keep a diary. And while that may seem formalistic and legalistic, what it does is, to me, I think when a guy sits down and has to keep a diary of a day in the life, it keeps him interested in his kids' lives and routines rather than just going through the motions. Because when you sit down to write something of what happened on paper and you didn't do anything with your kids other than sit in front of the television, you begin to self-reflect all right, what did I just do? Right. You know, if I did nothing with my kids. So that is part of being a great dad is kind of getting in a routine of doing something that you would otherwise not do. And that is keeping a diary because now, not only now am I forcing myself to do things, you know, okay, now I got to think Saturday, what should we do? So let's right. go to the zoo. Let's go to the, the science center. Now I'm going to record that in this diary because now it serves two functions. Right. One, <clears throat> I'm heavily involved. Two, I can give that to my lawyer in a modification in the future to talk about that. So what do you think? I literally just had a client do that, Scott. Mm -hmm. I mean, after we got the divorce judgment, the client started taking pictures of him with his kids. He started keeping record. And it was a nice way to interweave what he's done with the children, but also things that mom was doing that maybe didn't help her case in any way. So that was my first source of evidence in my my motion to modify that was just pending. Mm -hmm. Um, But in in terms of that keeping a diary, I know it's not something that a man would normally do, Mm -hmm. but it really helps to sort of write down and keep record of what you've been doing with your kids and it makes you think outside the box yeah i mean it is very easy to you know to let the kids run around and play on the ipad and you're sitting there checking out with your face and your phone but your kids want to spend time with you and as a parent i mean i know that there's things that my kids love doing that i hate to do you can never get me to an amusement park (laughs) But, you know, when you have your kids, that's something you should be doing with them. You should be letting their time with you be more kid-centered instead of Mm -hmm. parent-centered. And it'll mean a lot more to your kids if they're doing that. It is, I think, the hardest habit to get into for most guys because they've never done it. You know, it's typically not something men do is to not only – because I want it to be – if I'm going to make a recommendation, uh, I want it to be from a fact-specific and emotional perspective because then it becomes something – to me more useful and more reflective and and it changes guys so 
because it then it really does force them to remain interested and involved in the kids' lives, their routines, uh, their care, their school, their friends. So that's part of a transition, uh, especially during the marriage when uh, guys may have been the breadwinner. They didn't get a lot of time nurturing at home. They didn't do a lot of things at school because they couldn't because work prohibited them from uh, getting to parent-teacher functions. So Let's talk about that, being involved uh, in the kids' routines. So what do you recommend? You know, part of being a great dad is starting over, uh, hitting the reset button and learning how to do these things. Right. You have to, knowing full well that there is likely a good shot, mom is still upset with you in some way, shape, or form. So you need to be above and beyond and go get the go get the school calendar. Make sure you know when things are. Reach out to the other parents in the class to figure out when activities are at school. Talk to the coach. Make sure you have the baseball practice schedule. There's nothing saying that you can't show up to your kid's stuff on your wife's time or your ex-wife's time. And what it says, the message it sends to your kids is, oh, my God, my dad loves me. He thinks about me all the time even when I'm not with him. Mm -hmm. So it's an hour out of your day to go stop by the ballpark on the way home from work, watch your kid take a couple of pitches, but it means so much to your kid because they're, they're seeing that you you are worried about them and you want to be a part of their lives even when they're not with you. Yeah. It is so easy to check out during those two kid-free days that you have during the week and go to the gym and go on a date and do what you want to do, but honest to God, right now you're a dad and being a dad has to come first. Yeah. And, you know, take some cues from your kids when they when they're with you on the weekend. If what are, if they want to go out to dinner and they want to go do something, ask them what they want to do. I mean, as a kid, when when my parents first split, my dad sort of took us to where he wanted to take us. Mm -hmm. And so to the mm -hmm. dog track it was not necessarily <laughs> the best place to take a 12 year old and a nine year old. I yeah. mean, learning how to box a Quinella bet helpful, but <laughs> not necessarily what I wanted to do as a yeah. child. So if my dad had asked me, I would have been able to go to the ballpark with him. I would have been able to go shoot hoops, but right. he didn't ask. So ask. Right. Guys, ask. They'll tell you. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's simple. There's a, there's a, a charity that uh, Cordell and Cordell had sponsored this year and last year called Game Day Coffee. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it can be, you know, the relationship can be relegated down to something as simple as having a cup of coffee or a hot chocolate, or a tea with your kid. Uh, it's quality time. I mean, I think that's part of what Game Day Coffee's mission is, is to encourage time uh, that is something that's not just useful, but intentional and purposeful. And I think that's part of being a great dad and Game Day Coffee, if you want to check it out on the web, it really is. That is, a, It's a wonderful mission, but it's probably, I think, Having never been a product of divorce or gone through divorce, but having seen it for 20, almost 25 years, it is getting into a routine of intentional and purposeful uh, relationship with your kid and or your kids and trying to transition yourself. And so maybe that's where guys start. Hey, you know what? Let's go have a, a hot chocolate. Let's go to the ice skating rink and let's just sit and let's talk about life and what's bothering you. Um, but I think that premise for most guys who don't know how to do it is get help. So what do you tell clients? You know, where would you send them? What are your ideas for help uh, to get them started or to help them through this process? And it could be years uh, that continue this help. 
So in terms of learning how to, in essence, reconnect with your kids, because oftentimes dads are the wage earners. Dads are the ones that are going to work. Dads are the ones that are coming home at 630 at night. Dads are the ones that miss the baseball games because they have to get back to work. So you need to sort of shift your own focus in your life to put your kids first. You're, if you have a choice of going on a work trip or taking your kids, by all means, take your kids. I mean, missing, missing your custody and visitation is the worst thing you could possibly do as a parent. Um, but in terms of getting help, you if if you struggle with showing your emotions to your kid, by all means, go to counseling, go to a men's group. There are plenty of places where you can voice your uh, voice your worries and get your worries eased about how you're going to reconnect with your kids. Um, but most importantly, I think you also need to keep an eye on your kids yourself to be still connected with them. One of my best pieces of advice to parents is go to school, go talk to the school counselor, mm -hmm. all right? Because now your kids are in a huge transition. Now, when everybody was still together, now they're divorced. Life looks very different. So kids sometimes take that really hard and the people at school stand in local parentheses to your kids for eight hours a day so you want to know if your kid's struggling if he's not eating if he's stressed out if he's bullying other children that's what the school counselors can tell you mm -hmm. and frankly the school counselors then can connect you with maybe a divorced family group that you need you know like yeah. kids in the middle in our neighborhood is wonderful it's a wonderful resource for parents because you also have to acknowledge that if kids are struggling with some of this stuff sometimes they don't want to talk to mom and dad right because it's mom and dad's kind of fault that they're here <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, there's some resources. I think perhaps the challenges guys face after divorce is organization. Uh, how do I organize my time? You know, because the kid's time is the kid's time when they're with you. And, and then that leaves your time to be your time. So there's no real blend to some extent in the beginning. The way I see it is, is that I will tell my clients when your kids are with you, it needs to be about your kids mm -hmm. and, and there's time for you. And that's the hardest thing is to separate those two things because they were blended when you were uh, uh, in a relationship in a marriage in a whole unit family. And so that is part of the, the recommendation is make your kids time their time and not yours. So to the extent that you can, but meaning go to all the appointments and school functions, right? Right. You know, don't miss it. Don't miss it. Yeah. You know, and it's uh, make yourself available. M make sure your kids know you're interested uh, you know, you can be distant and, you know, that, that dead stare when they're around <laughs> you, but they'll catch on before anyone else. They know it when you're not interested. So I always talk about be accessible and be available uh, for those important school things, the extracurriculars. Right. Um, as hard as it is for you going through this, it's probably magnified 10 times for your kids because they don't get it. No, and hopefully you it. didn't explain it, you know, in a manner which leads into the next topic, which is don't talk about mom. In oh, a negative yeah. way, right? Let's talk about this. Yeah. It, it, the, the hardest part is when kids are going back and forth between mom and dad's house is that transition back and forth between mom and dad's house because naturally there is still a state of competition between mom and dad about how if, if you had a great time with dad, the kid is going to naturally be uncomfortable coming home into mom's house and being like, oh my God, I had such a great time with my dad because mom's going to feel bad because she wasn't a part of that. And so how when you have your child, you're going to spend and have a great time with them and you're not going to say anything bad about mom. You know, mom might be saying horrible stuff about you. Mom might not be supportive of your relationship with your kiddo, but by all means, don't tell your kid that. You have to rise above and you have to be the bigger person. Because I will tell you that when a parent is unnecessarily slamming the other parent, the kid is naturally more drawn to the parent that doesn't have that aura of negativity around them. Mm -hmm. And so that it's a very, very hard thing to do because divorce is a hugely emotional thing. And you two now are forced to still parent this child when the two of you very well might not be able to stand to be in the same room as each yeah. other. Yeah, keeping the peace. Right. Really. I mean, that's kind of the 
absolute must. When you know if you can't keep the peace, make sure the peace is uh, only around when the kids are, and separate yourself from those arguments from the kids. Right. So you know, you know, mom's gonna come up and yell at you at the baseball game. Sit far away from her. Mm-hmm. Don't sit down next to her with your girlfriend and put your arm around your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. You know, there are just some common sense things to this. If you guys can't be at the same parent-teacher conference, schedule it for another twenty minutes later, so that way the kiddo can still be a part of it if the kiddo needs to be a part of it. Right. You know, there are ways you can navigate around the emotions, but by all means, don't bring mom into it because your kids are going to feel even worse. So don't bring up child support. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> oh, here, here's a child support check. Give this to your mom. Right. It's a ridiculous amount of money. Or, uh, <laughs> right. Or, uh, hey, dad, I need a new pair of shoes. Well, I pay your mom child support. Right. She, she gives you that money, right? Right. So advice is ignore the financial issues. Right. If the kid needs something. Get the kid, get the kid what the kid needs. Right. And deal with mom. You know, and that's the thing. I, I think we tell the client, uh, you know, he said, look, I give child support. She should be buying the shoes. Well, that's our agreement. You know, and I think the hardest thing for a kid to hear is that mom needs to buy it because you, you provide the money to her. Uh, it, it, you've got to, you will be uh, urged in your mind to say something about how much money mom gets and how many vacations mom takes and her boyfriend and her whatever it may be, how she spends your money. Uh, but you've got to separate yourself from that because it is uh, something kids just don't need to be involved in. They don't understand it. Uh, they're going to hate you and resent you for it because mom's going to alienate you, no doubt. Let her be the alienator. Uh, there's no reason to do it. And uh, child support is that's the one thing. I, it, it drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'll tell clients to stop giving the kids the check uh, because mom, they're, not, they're not a courier. You, you know, If you need to, hire a courier. Um, that is the way to be a great dad is, um, things need to change for the better. It's, it's a terrible, uh, excruciating process and result. Um, but it is something to which you need to work on. Um, we always talk about engaging, uh, you have to engage yourself into this process uh, to make it better. So foster the relationship. So that's the question. How can guys foster the relationship with their kids with their mother you know you you work on your own relationship how do you be the bigger person to try to foster the relationship with mom that's a very good question and it's a question frankly that I have going on in a case right now where I plan to um, really take issue with mom on this on the stand you know I'll give you the the example was is that it was Father's Day mom Mm -hmm. did not remind the kids it was father's day mom did not help the kids make cards mom did not get a present for dad mom didn't do any of that and my client was upset he was very upset with me that why can't she just support me as a parent so Mm -hmm. that's one easy little thing you know remember dad's birthday make sure the kids get him something for christmas but on a day-to-day bit if the kids want to facetime dad for 10 minutes when you have them cool put them on the phone if the kids want to call, if the kids want to call the other parent, let them talk. Get out mm-hmm. of the room. It, parents after divorce, parents are so focused on the time that they have. Of I only have seventy-two hours with you. This is my time. But you can donate ten minutes so the kid can reconnect with the other parent when they're there. Yeah. Reach out. Share school schedules. Share things you want to do. Hey, I just bought Cardinals tickets for the weekend. I'd really like to take them. Do you think you can give me that extra time? Do those kinds of things just to try to make sure the non-custodial parent is involved in the in the kid's life during time that isn't theirs. Recognize that the parent role comes first. Even if you can't be husband and wife, you can still be decent co-parents with each other for the sake of the kid. Is there value 
to guys to try to learn how to co-parent using help because, you know, the, the, the example that perhaps all kids and even lawyers want to come true is, let's just say, school function or school play or a recital. And what those kids want to see is mom and dad sitting together for the kid. Uh, is there value in guys going out to get help to, to learn how to co-parent? And if so, where do you send them? What kind of resources uh, happen to be out there? And it, there is a value to it, Scott. And I really believe that you have to put your kids' needs first when you're parenting. So there are um, there is a new class of counselors out there called co-parenting counselors that are willing to meet with you and your ex and help you work through your emotional issues and help the two of you be able to be there jointly for your children. Because when you're not able to be there jointly for your children, what's going to happen is those kids are going to manipulate you. They know they can play mom and dad against each other to get what they want. And then all of a sudden you're fighting with your ex every day because the kids are plotting again. I mean, I'll be, I will admit, I still do that as a, as a divorced kid and I'm four mm-hmm. years old. If I don't get what I want from my dad, I will certainly reach out and do that right. to my mom. So that's a first person confession right there. But because I know my mom and dad aren't a united front. But if mom yeah. and dad are united front, they're not going to do anything. They're not going to do what I tell them to do. <laughs> so what do you do with, you know, as a dad, uh, you have a child who, I just want to be with mom. I want to go home. What do you do? I mean, that's the hardest part is, you know, it's obviously, my, my guess is that the child is just reacting to the situation, the routine, and right. trying to get out of it somehow. What do you do? The unfortunate part is you can't just say, okay, I'm going to let you make the decision because it's a kid. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing an unfortunate lot of that in my practice where um, parents as to the new generation of parents right now are really empowering their kids to make choices that they probably aren't emotionally mature enough to make at 9, 10, or 11. So in my courts, the judges won't let kids sort of do that until they're about 15, 16, 17, and in high school. Yeah. So if you have if you have a kid that's under the age of eighth grade, sorry, the kid's kind of got to go along. And so your answer to your kid is, I know you miss your mom. I'm happy to give it let's let's facetime her let's make sure you can talk to her but let's go do something fun yeah this is time for us to hang out so in the transition phase after divorce usually uh at least one parent has a new home uh that is typically one parent keeps the marital residence so there's some stability there so i've encouraged clients to say when you secure an apartment or a new home take your child out and have them help you furnish the house correct value in that huge value in it mm-hmm. because the kid is helping make a space in their new place with you. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, if they want to paint the room bright blue, let them paint the room bright blue. If they yeah. want to buy the ugliest furnishings known to man for their room, mm-hmm. let them. Because they need to feel safe and comfortable in your home. It, in, you know, there will be pull because they want to go back to their bedroom that they know at mom's house. Mm-hmm. But you want them to feel a, as if they're a part of your new life and your new home as well. Huge value to that, Scott. Huge. And get out. Uh, dads, make new friends in the neighborhood for yourself and find families where perhaps you can integrate the kids into the neighborhood, right? Right. Uh, you know, it, it's, such an, it's such a nice part of childhood for your kids to be running around and playing with the kids in the neighborhood. Um, but even though, you know, going back to the you used to be the, the wage earner, now you have to be more of a primary parent. Heck, get out the school buzz book and start making some phone calls and setting up some play dates. Yeah. You know, you, I want to be clear that your time with your children doesn't have to be 100% one-on-one time where you're looking at each other going, what are we going to do now? Yeah. If they want to play with their buddy because they would be doing that at mom's house on a Saturday, invite them over. Let them play with their buddy at your house. Do you think, you know, traditionally, I, mean, I think we can, one of, the, one of the premises that Cordell and Cordell has tried to overcome is the typical 
stereotypes by gender. You know, mom plays mom's role, dad plays dad's role. That's kind of the, the typical stereotypes that people think that, you know, dads can't be nurturers. So when we overcome that and we get through divorce and you roll out of the divorce with a custody plan, do you see that mom and dad still play separate, perhaps emotional roles or those blend? And if so, what do guys do? You know, how do they, are they still to be the man of the house or, you know, what do you tell guys or what do you see post-divorce, how guys should behave and should they be morphing into this almost dual role that mom and dad serve separately? You, I, I at least in my my legal career, have seen more parents morph into a more dual role of, I can still be the dad, I can still be the wage earner, I can still put the the food on the table at night, but I can also take care of my kids, and I can also, you know, go and do those fun activities that mom used to do during her time. I mean, I'll give you a great example. I took my kids to the Nutcracker at Christmas. Mm-hmm. I ran into one of my old clients there, and he was there with his parents and his daughter, who was about three. Hmm. Now tell me the man that you know that would be right. voluntarily go to the ballet. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so I thought that was really, really cool yeah. because he ended up stepping into a role that he probably didn't feel comfortable doing, but he did it for the sake of his kid. Yeah. Which means, you know, guys are listening now and thinking, I don't know how to do that. And again, we can circle back to the point of getting help. There are so many resources. And if you don't have that list of resources, reach out to your attorney. They'll get you some resources. I was just speaking with someone in our uh, Texas office. And uh, this woman has put together an organization that helps guys on a number of fronts, shopping for groceries, keeping themselves organized, uh, paying bills on time, uh, scheduling uh, school things, functions. It's really a resource where they she has three or four different individuals who get dads organized and help them. They, if they need to be shopping, they'll shop for them. Or if they need to create a grocery list, how do you do that? You know, some guys have never you know, done anything on the stove since they were in college, right? And so those are the types of resources they may not, that specific may not be available everywhere. Uh, and but we were speaking with this, this company in Texas about going nationwide and providing resources to our clients around the country because it, I think it is teaching guys. It is about learning uh, a new way of living and dealing with kids because, yeah, your life is very different, but your kids are drastically changed. And so... Uh, which talks about, again, the routine and finding a routine and keeping the routine. I can't you know, say that enough. And what do you tell your clients? I tell my clients, show up. For the love of all things mm-hmm. good and holy, show up. Yep. If it's supposed to be your Monday and Tuesday, make sure you're there. The more you have to try to flip-flop for work or whatever personal obligations you have, it makes it tougher on your kids. You don't want your kids to be all ready and to be picked up, and then all of a sudden you have something come up at work and you can't go. That's a terrible message to send mm-hmm. to your children. But show up. But, I mean, I was literally looking for summer camps for my kids before I came here this morning. There's cooking classes that yeah. you can take with your kids. I mean, right. there are ways you can – you're basically starting anew. Mm-hmm. Fold your kids into that whole rebirth, and your kids will be a part of it yeah. along with you. A whole new set of memories. Exactly. You know? So the other thing I talk about is don't buy your relationship. You know, the right. last thing you need to do, and I see that mistake, is dads going and overspending. You know, oh, you know, if they want it, they get it, only because they're a product of divorce. And right. that can be dangerous, uh, especially when mom may resent it because now you're buying the child everything that they want that they never would have received had you right. been together. So what do you tell clients? 
your focus has to be on your kids, not on the material aspects. And, and you know, I've seen I have I have a case right now where mom and dad split, and then mom bought a trampoline, a puppy, and a kitty all at the same time <laughs> to try to keep the kids at the house. Yeah. And, and so the focus, but mom, when she has the kids, mom isn't really engaging with the kids. Whereas when dad has the kids, he's taking them out, he's doing mm-hmm. stuff with them, and he's helping with homework. And so your answer is is that you know your time, your focus on your children, the time you are spending playing that board game or going to going to rock and jump or whatever your Mm -hmm. kids like to do that is so much more valuable than the playstation that they're going to throw aside in a year anyway you know one of the things that was we talked a little bit about morphing into both roles of mom and dad but still dads play such an important role uh uniquely perhaps in their kids lives so we don't want to abandon that so what do you you know generally just your thoughts the importance of a father's role and in the kids' lives, post-divorce, and maybe how do they improve their, you know, their game, you know, their dad game? How do they get positioned to just be better for their kids? You know, your uh, when I view a, fa- a father's role, I view him as not only a, a provider, but I view him as a protector, and I view him as someone who is a cha- who challenges their kids. I mean, a mom is more of a coddler, mm-hmm. a mom is more of a uh, safeguarder. But you know, the dad is the one that's in the pool trying to get your kid to jump off the high dive. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what dads do. Dads are challengers, and so you have that role, and you are always going to be that role. But the time when mom's not with you, your kid falls down and scrapes their knee, you're going to have to pick them up and kiss the boo-boo that yeah. was mom's job but you're gonna right. have to pr- do that now so how do you step up and be better at your game I, aside from counseling which you can certainly get heck talk to other dads yeah that's something that men don't do mm-hmm. i mean you see the cabal of moms on the parking lot everybody's sort of talking <laughs> right. dads are sort of checked out and on their phone you yeah. want to know how to do something a little bit better find some of the other mm. dads or heck go talk to some of the moms yeah that's a that's great that's actually uh, a good closing statement to uh associate with other dads to try to figure out one you know they're going through similar things as well and how you can do better and so Kristen thanks this is good stuff uh hope all of you dads out there can uh take this and uh learn from it and then grow from it and uh, again get help it's out there uh no one can do it on their own and you're not expected to do so so thanks for joining us and look forward to uh, seeing you next month thanks Thank you for listening to the Men's Divorce Podcast presented by Cordell & Cordell. To schedule your appointment with a Cordell & Cordell attorney, please visit CordellCordell.com or call us at 1-866-DADS-LAW. Also make sure to visit our partner websites, mensdivorce.com and dadsdivorce.com and download our free Men's Divorce Source app available on the App Store for the latest divorce news and resources. Cordell & Cordell a partner men can count on.